Blow and the Doctor. Hey Who fans and welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And this is episode 28. That was quite abrupt. 28. 28. 28. Almost canine-like. 28. <laughs> episode 28. How you doing, buddy? King of the impressions. Yes, I'm good, thanks. Yeah, very good. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm not too bad. Enjoying the um enjoying the kind of snow, if you can call it that. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm looking out my window now and I've got a bit of snow. Funny how we all get excited by a bit of snow, isn't it? But, yeah. Facebook and Twitter just goes mental with people <laughs> posting photos. It's like they've never seen it before. I know. <laughs> but I have to admit, I, 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 I was as bad because I went out there and did a little bit of filming. Right. Um, I was like, oh, snow, right. How can I, because I was actually do, in the middle of doing a video anyway. And I was thinking, oh, right. How can I, how can I incorporate the snow into it? <laughs> so I did just at the end. There's a little bit little bit with the snow I made like a snow Dalek and put Tom Baker next to it so yeah, yeah. we well, have to make the most don't you yeah yeah it yeah. makes it different doesn't it yeah because um the snow won't be here for another what year year and a half now well unless it decides to stay for a month don't tempt it oh true yeah, yeah that's true. right so what have you been up to what I've been up to I've been watching a really cool classic episode for this week's mm. review yeah um I've been catching up on some comics you just I, ordered another another truckload, I see. I did because I missed out um, for some reason for the eleventh Doctor run. I completely missed out the the third issue. So oh right! It, I don't know why I went from one to four to five. Um, so I ordered loads of them. I had to order five through to eight for the tenth Doctor. Um, I had to order the third and then the fifth through to the ninth or the tenth for the 11th Doctor, and then the next three for the 12th Doctor. So, uh, it's a big old package on its way to you. Yeah. I must admit, I was getting concerned, actually, because I had a parcel go missing uh, recently. Uh, this is the one that turned up the other day that I was doing the filming on, and that had um, a pack of comics in it. And I was a bit concerned because, obviously, you have to wait a certain time before you can report it missing. Right. And the comics had all gone. Like, you know, you, you know how they get past their pre-order. So I was thinking, oh, no. So there's a slight chance when they resend the order I won't get them and I hate having missing you know like whether you get like episode one to uh, issue one to three and then it jumps to like five six I think you know my you know my OCD will not be able to cope if I'm if I'm missing an issue uh, <laughs> but but thankfully yeah the order did finally turn up and and they were all in there so it's all good yeah, I could cool. relax yeah spent, yeah sleepless nights yeah I can imagine I'm, that's, <laughs> I'm the same and I thought to myself if I don't order them now I'm, I'm gonna miss the I'm going to miss those issues and that's going to just drive me. I'm the same. I just wouldn't go to bed and sleep. I'd just be sitting there rocking, imagine, <laughs> imagining that I'd be having these missing issues. That's right. So, yeah, you've got to have them all. Yeah. yeah. What have you been up yeah. to, mate? Um, well, I, apart from doing the videoing, uh, I've been um, I've been reading the another book, actually, because I, you know, I polished off the William Hartnell biography the other week. Oh, yeah. So yep. I've just started the Patrick Trouter biography written by his son, Michael Trout. Um, and I'm a t couple of chapters into that, and, and that's really good, actually. I, I loved the William Hartnell book, by the way. I really, really enjoyed that one. Um, um, and this one's, yeah, this one's good as well. It's really interesting to find out about the, you know, the, the actors behind the Doctor. It's, it's fascinating, actually. That's one of your recommended. That's on the recommended list, is it? 
Yeah, I definitely, I really, really enjoyed it. Actually. I lo- loved the William Hartnell book, and um, I- I'm only a couple of chapters into the Troughton biography. Okay. Um, but I think because it's written by his son, it's 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 very personal, and it would seem Patrick Troughton was a very private man, bit of a ladies' man, from what I can gather so far. I heard, um, I've heard that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's been a it's been a good read. But yeah, I'm only a couple of chapters in at the minute, so yeah, but enjoying it so far. Okay, cool. Yeah. And uh, I saw a nice little photo of your. Um, you, when you were watching um, our review episode this week, you put a, a photo with a DVD with the cheeky little chap poking around the back. Oh, Bok. Bok, yeah. Oh, it's one of my favourite little figures, that Bok figure. He's cool. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, um, I had to dig him out, actually, because he's one that I've kept in the box. Because uh, he's so fragile. He's, he's really, really sort of, his arms are so thin and, you know, and I love that figure. And I just, so I keep him boxed. But I thought, yeah, I thought for the photo, I'll, I'll dig him out just, just this once and then put him straight back in the box. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you haven't got any... Um... You haven't got any unit soldiers around to deal with that guy or, or try <laughs> no. and deal with him, shall I say? No, that's right. <laughs> He's cool though, isn't he? He looks very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you want to land it for the news? Shall we land it? Yeah, go for it. Do it. Fantastic landing. Fantastic. That's it. I can't do Chris. Yeah, you can. <laughs> as, as he's first in our in our news items this week, I thought I'd, I'd give it a go. Oh, good point, yeah. Mm, we were talking a bit about him last podcast, weren't we? Um, yeah, we were hard on him, weren't we, the last one? Well, yeah. I th- well, I think we were sort of balanced because, you know, I, I've, I know there's sort of a, a lot of mixed feelings about Chris out there. And I think we're sort of in the middle, aren't we? We sort of... Um, we wish he'd embrace the the doctor a bit more, but we kind of get why he doesn't to a point. So we're not sort of as hard as some, I don't think. Yeah, I guess so. We were um, we were we were truthful but fair. I guess is the way to put it. I'd like to think so. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. if he's listening, you know, take that on board, please, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> first bit of news. This was um, at first I'm because we spoke about this before, and I I, I was mm. totally with you on your initial thought until we looked at the the details into this video but yeah mm. it's um i thought it was a bit of a media play a bit of a media stunt at first um but yeah so those of you who have not seen it um I, I think it's just the bad i think it's just bad timing really for this video because um there was a story wasn't there last week or the week before where he was doing a lot of press for his new show that was on um, that's coming to sky atlantic Sky Atlantic or Sky One, one of the two. Yeah, and, Fortitude. Um, Fortitude, yeah. Yeah. And um, he was doing the rounds as you do, and um, his publicist um, had said to uh, the people doing interviews, no Doctor Who. You know, he's not going to talk about anything to do with Doctor Who. And then this person ultimately puts their foot in it and says, you know, how do you feel about Capaldi as the Doctor and stuff? And he hangs up. Yeah. And so... That's good. That got us on a little bit of a a little bit of a talk, didn't it? About how feelings on Mr. Eccleston and his uh, constant kind of um, just not really embracing the show's fandom and and being into it like some of the other actors who have played the Doctor. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And a few days later, this video pops up online where um, Chris Eccleston is over in the US somewhere, and it looks like he's being he's just in a, a restaurant or a bar 
and a Doctor Who fan has, has, has asked him to, to help him propose to his girlfriend. Um, and now she's clearly a Doctor Who fan, which is why Chris Eccleston, you know, says the things that he does. Um, and yeah, if you, we'll, we'll put a, a link to the video in the show notes, but essentially there's a, a, a girl at the table, she's having lunch with her friends. All of a sudden, Chris Eccleston walks up and he's like, hi, I'm the Doctor. I've got my TARDIS out the back. Let me just go and get my assistant or my companion, whatever. And he comes back with her boyfriend and he proposes and it's all happy and stuff. Um, mm. And my initial feeling was, hmm, this is, a, is this a bit of a media stunt by Chris's, and I use this phrase with quote marks, Chris's people, mm. um, to kind of to, to ease the Who fans a little bit, to show them that he is very much into the show. And, yeah. he, you know, he does embrace, you know, Doctor Who fans and stuff like that. But you then pointed out to me this morning that this video was uploaded, was it about a year a ago? Yeah, it was April last year, I think. Because I was, I was slightly, I had my slightly sceptical head on at first. Because he sort of throws in all the lines, like, I have a fantastic wedding, tired of it. I'm thinking, mm, I was a bit like you, this this seems well-timed considering all the stuff that's been said. But, you, yeah, I mean, it was uploaded last year uh, in April. And I think maybe... You know, perhaps, you know, if you were the person that got that, if you were the person who put that video up and you were hearing all this stuff about Chris, I suppose you'd want to sort of say, no, 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 look at this. You know, he's not he's not uh, against a show. Look, this is what he did for us, you know. So it could be that it was a fan or the person who who actually had the video made sort of wanted to get it out there just to show that, you know, he's, he's you know, he's not a bad guy. Yeah, and that was what, because initially, yeah, I, I did think, hmm, this is a little bit, this is, you know, this is too, too well-timed, you know, mm. in consideration with what's happened in the press with this, uh, this story. But, you know, it was a year ago. So I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that the, the person who owns this video, um, I think you're absolutely right. I think they, they saw this story and they saw probably a lot of fans commenting on the story saying, yeah, he never, he never does anything and he's, he doesn't really treat fans that well, or Doctor Who fans anyway. Mm. And they thought, you know, he can be a good guy. He can be a good ambassador for the show but um yeah i I still don't know how i feel about this video i I still think it's a little bit um because let's face it what 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 has he done really he's just said to somebody i'm the doctor my tardis is here let me go and get my companion stands around for a bit and then says congratulations and fantastic and then and then leaves he hasn't really he hasn't signed photos at at a convention or anything he hasn't he hasn't done anything crazy here. Let's let's remember that. He's, yeah, know. I suppose it depends sort of, you know, if I mean, if he was just sat at the bar and the guy went up to him and said, oh, could you do this? I suppose it's, you know, if it's an on the hop thing, yeah, it's quite good. You know, if, if he sort of, because he could have just sort of went, nah, no, I'll, you know, I'll sign an autograph or something, but I'm not doing that. Uh, depends sort of how it come about. And I suppose we don't really know because it cuts straight to him going over to the table and stuff. He looks, I mean, he's, you know, he's smiling in it. He looks pretty relaxed and happy. So it's difficult to say, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe there is more to him than uh, than we're giving him credit for in terms of uh, Doctor Who fans. But he's yeah. one of the, I mean, I've, I've never met him. He's, you know, I, I've been lucky enough to meet quite a lot of people from, from the world of Doctor Who over mm-hmm. the years. And he's one that um, twice, actually, I've come very close to meeting. We've been to two events at the BFI where he was scheduled to be there um, and then, pulled out right at the very last minute so i've always come quite close to meeting him um but but never actually got there um and i would like to meet him just so that i could say to you you know one way or the other oh i met him he was actually really nice or i met him and you know didn't really want to know or whatever but yeah i, I think unless 
I don't know, unless we do ever get the chance to meet him. It's difficult to say, really. It is, yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, we've said a couple of times, haven't we, on the show that we wish he would do a bit more because we really like his doctor. So uh, I think this is yeah. it. And I think this is where a lot of the frustration comes from, actually, because he his doctor is really loved by a lot of fans. And I think because, you know, and, and us Doctor Who fans love to really, you know, um, get involved in the show. It's, it's, it's a very personal thing to Doctor Who fan the show. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, because he's sort of so distant from it, it, that's where the sort of um, the anxiety comes in because you're thinking, no, you know, I love this doctor. I want to meet him. I want to get photos with him, you know, and he, he doesn't want to know. And it, that's, you know, that's where I think a lot of the anger comes out. Yeah. But I have to admit, yeah. a lot of Doctor Who fans have jumped to his defense. And I'm sure there are Doctor Who fans out there that have met him. I mean, you know, we might even have listeners out there that have met him. And if, if you're listening to this and you've met Chris, let us know what he's like. You know, is he a nice guy? Because I, I probably get the feeling he's a, he's a nice enough chap. I just think in interviews and that, he does come across as a bit guarded, maybe a little bit not at ease, you know. But Yeah, I think um, under no illusions that he's probably an absolutely lovely guy. Mm. You know, let's not take it too personal. You know, he's probably a really a wonderful chap. But I think where it concerns the media... And where it concerns Doctor Who, I think he could be just a little bit more, a little bit more accepting of the fact that he was in that role and shouldn't try and, you know, shun it completely from, from everything. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's fair. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I know you're listening, Chris. So, please uh, take it on board. <laughs> and if you'd like to come on, Chris, and and chat to us on the, on the podcast, we'd love to talk with you. Yeah. And we and we would be fair as well. I think that's the thing. We wouldn't give you a hard time. <laughs> We'd ask you some questions you might not want to be asked, but we'd be fair, wouldn't we? We'd absolutely be fair. Although if he's listened to last week's podcast where we said we were going <laughs> to... We were going to bundle him out. Going to him on the street and <laughs> yeah. force him to sign up, he probably won't want to come on. No, really no. really do that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so that was fantastic. Next Good bit night. of news, come on. Mm. So next bit of news, oh, this is a great bit of news, isn't it? Yeah. Um, this has kind of been floating around the ether for a while actually as rumors and is it going to happen isn't it so lego are officially going to release some doctor who sets some doctor who products um and i think that's great i, I mean I, I don't know if you ever go into the character options things that were like lego did you yeah did you? i've got a couple of those bits yeah and they yeah. were okay weren't they they weren't they weren't bad yeah they're okay but um you can't beat the official lego you though, can't can you? beat the official lego and this should have been done years ago yeah, I can't understand because I was um, I was doing some some work because um, my day job I'm a, a designer and web stuff and all that and I was doing some work for the company you know the um, the Pop Funko figures. Oh yeah. yeah, I was doing some work for those guys and I said to them, "Why the hell do you guys not do anything with Doctor Who? Because it would fit their their figures and their their stuff really well." Mm. And they said, we've contacted the BBC every year for like 15 years. And uh, they're very touchy about who they who they give the license and stuff to. And uh, I can imagine that Lego have had the same problem because although this is the, the reason why they're releasing this Lego now is because every year or twice a year maybe, they have this, um, this campaign called Lego Ideas where fans of Lego can submit ideas of what they want to see the Lego company you know, produce and, and release. And there's been loads of really cool ones. Like earlier on uh, last year, there was a Ghostbusters set um, yeah. and they've done some really cool stuff. So this this has only come about because a fan, his name's Andrew Clark, um, who worked up the concept and, and did all that stuff and, and now they're going to officially release it. But um, Which is awesome because 
I love Lego. Um, I've got quite a few Lego bits here, and it, it's so good. And um, yeah, I don't know why they didn't do this. The BBC, this should be perfect for them, because you thought, yeah, yeah, because a lot of the. Um, this is just my opinion, dude. You might feel differently to me on this one, but a lot of the toys that um, that have like just the action figures and stuff like that, I find it to be mostly a collectibles type of thing. Hmm. I you know, a lot of listeners, you know, may disagree with me on this, but I don't really see many small kids properly playing with Doctor Who action figures. I see it more as a more of a collectibles market for. Um, for adults, really, uh, you know. I, th- I think it has become like that in the last couple of years. Actually, I, I mean, I remember sort of two thousand five, two thousand six, when the show came back. Um, particularly when Tenet took over, I can remember sort of going into Woolies and that. And there used to be loads of Doctor mm-hmm. Who figures everywhere, and I remember thinking, "Wow, this is amazing!" You know, the show's really come back because yeah. all these toy shops. So we, I used to have a brilliant local toy shop, sadly closed now. Um, it's huge, it was, and and they used to have loads of Doctor Who stuff, and I couldn't believe it. I mean, I never imagined the show would come back um, and be so popular, and especially with all this merchandise. And it seems to have pitted off a bit over the years which i suppose is natural um so yeah you to an extent you're probably right i think maybe kids now maybe not so much getting into the figures uh, yeah. i certainly don't see them around as much as i did but that again a lot of the shops i used to see them in have all gone uh, yeah. if i had to just mention two woolies and the toy toy shop so yeah yeah because why because i see a lot of kids um um having things like sonic screwdrivers and oh yeah and the whole cosplay thing and that stuff so that that's fine but i don't really see kids with like loads of doctor who figures and are actually you know properly playing with them um so you would have thought that you know because every well most kids love lego um so you would have thought that the bbc would have been on this from years ago because and get it in front of kids and stuff but um anyways it's really really cool if um again we'll put a link to this um to this set in the show notes and you can check it out but it looks like a really good set doesn't it and the the photo one of the photos they've released is the classic capaldi eyes and eyebrows thing yeah I it love looks that. really good yeah yeah and the actual set itself has got um uh, some really cool figures there's um a, a tenant and rose there's a little canine there's a dalek um and the tardis looks really good have you seen the tardis yes i yeah i know i i'm just i think it all looks great i mean I, i'll yeah. definitely be getting it and and lego's such a big brand mm-hmm. um i think it's really good for the show and it, this kind of ties in what you were just saying because hopefully it'll put it back out there a bit more and get it a bit more mainstream again in terms of the sort of toys and and, and getting kids into it and stuff and yeah yeah it does it looks really cool um, I just cool. want to go back to what you're saying about Pop Funko, actually. Um, they are actually going to do some Doc 2 stuff, aren't they? There's something on the way. Oh, is there? Yes. Um, okay. That might yes, be... Yes, um... I will have to investigate this. I'm sure they have finally got something on the way. Ah, in fact, I think John Barrowman tweeted a picture just the other day of him holding his figure. Now, I could be wrong. I do have a tendency of mixing reality and <laughs> and dreams up, but I'm pretty sure they've they've actually got some Doc 2 on the way. Yes, they, you are correct. Am I? Yes. Good, good. Yes, I have Googled it, as you've said it. And uh, yeah, they are going to... So that's really good news, actually. I can tell. There's a, a initial... Uh, promo pick and i can see tenant smith capaldi tom baker uh, a dalek the tardis and a weeping angel so far a tardis oh brilliant yeah it just says doctor who um real vinyls coming in april 2015 
Oh, wow, so not even that far away. Oh, that's great. Yeah, and there's more. Actually, there's more. I can see more. I don't know whether these are official, but I can see an Amy Bond, Rose, uh, Tennant. Yeah, that's cool. It looks cool. So it looks like their their persistence with the BBC has finally paid off them. Yeah. Oh, good. That's good awesome. stuff. Awesome news. Yeah, excellent. We'll, um, we'll pick a few of those up and review them. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, I will be getting them all. <laughs> you'll get you'll get the bluff. <laughs> Where will they go? This house <laughs> is just bursting at the seams. But yes, I'll be I'll be picking those up. Uh, that'll be more um, more figures in your house that just pop up in random places. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I don't let my partner listen to the podcast. He, he, you know, mustn't know about these things. Oh man, yeah. Shh, shh, shh. <laughs> shh. All right. No. <laughs> um, okay, moving on, dude. Next bit of news. Um, this is for the the online peeps out there. Um, the BBC released an online um, uh, children's game uh, last year. It was called uh, The Doctor and the Dalek. And it was a slightly different take on the on your normal kind of online game. It wasn't just a point and click or a, uh, a typical uh, sort of shoot 'em up video game. It was um, an attempt to teach kids how to code. Oh, that's right. I remember yeah. Now, yeah. And um, so they released that, which, which did really well. And now, it's, um, now they've released it for tablets and phones. Uh, so if you can't get in front of a computer for any reason, you can jump on your iPad or, um, sorry, not your iPad, your uh, Kindle Fire or your Nexus tablet or Android phone, whatever. You can get it on the Play Store, the Google Play Store. And um, it's a really good game, actually. I did the online version uh, when it came out last year. And it's obviously very basic if you know um the, the fundamentals of how to, to code stuff anyway. It's very basic, but it does cover a lot of cool stuff. And um, apparently the uptake was really, really well. It, it did really well, and it was it was really well received. So mm. um, if you haven't had a chance to check it out, you can still go to the uh, the BBC website and do it, or you can just jump on and download it for your, your phone or tablet. But it's really, really well done. And it's like a story. Um, it's a... It's a it, it's a well-written... It's actually yeah, a pretty well-written story. And Capaldi's um, done the voice as well, hasn't he? Hasn't he done... He has done the voice, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's well-written. It's uh, it's worth going through the game just for the story, really. I'm not going to reveal... No spoilers, but um, it's worth going through the game just to just to go through the story at least, and it, it's really good. And the actual coding aspect ties in really well with how you progress through the game. So, um, yeah, if you haven't had a chance to check it out yet, jump on the website or or your phone or tablet. It's very, very cool. And is it all free as well? It's all free. Yep. Yeah. See, I, I ought to download this. I, I'm the world's worst gamer. I really am dreadful. Um, so I haven't, I haven't downloaded it thus far. But if it's free, and I know that I'm just because I always die immediately when I start a game. But yeah, I'll get, I'll check that out. So yeah, on your recommendation. Absolutely, mate. Yeah, it's not, um, it's not a typical game that you would normally play. It you have to actually, you know, do some little coding challenges and stuff like that. So it's very cool. You have to use your brain, you mean? You have to engage your brain <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> mm, uh, well, I'll give it a go. <laughs> I love that. Mm, you're completely writing yourself off. Before. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I'm just picturing the brain of uh, Morbius. That, that's, uh, that's, oh, my yeah. brain. that's my brain. That's my brain. Yeah, so yeah, check that out. That'll be good. Um, moving on, I'm really excited about this, this last bit of news. Absolutely thrilled. Um, Big Finish have just released that they're going to um, they've just released news that they're going to release a box set which will be Colin Baker's um, well basically they're giving him a decent regeneration story on, on audio and it's going to be um, a, 
a deluxe box set and it's going to feature loads of his previous companions from the audios and it sounds like he's going to have a face-off with the Valiard at the end of it um, and I just think it's great because Colin Colin did get a rough time um, as the Doctor in terms of all the shenanigans behind the scenes back in the 80s and um, mm -hmm. and he didn't really well he didn't get a, 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 a proper regeneration um, and I think it's brilliant the big finish they've obviously had this idea for a while and they've been working on it and I think it's brilliant that he's actually going to get a proper regeneration story yeah yeah I think this is um, this is one of the best announcements I've heard in a, in a while actually from Big yeah. Finish because um, if you think about Colin Baker's Doctor over the years he, out of all of the actors who have played the Doctor, he's probably been the one actor that has put himself out there more than anybody in front of the fans. And and mm. really, and because let's face it, he was treated like like poo to a degree, wasn't he? When he was actually on the playing the Doctor oh, yeah. on the TV, he wasn't treated very well from the, um, from the sort of big chiefs at the BBC at the yeah. time. I mean, they just weren't yeah. interested in in Doctor Who at the BBC back then, you know. Yeah, and he was um, he was one of these people where. Um, Although he was, um, you know, quite happy to to go along with what the BBC wanted because he didn't really have much choice, did he? No. Um, he was, you know, he would just went and did it and, and that was that. And he could have quite easily walked away from Doctor Who after being treated like crap and said, you know, you know, whatever, I'm not going to not going to be involved anymore but out of, like I said all the actors that have played the Doctor he's really just taken it on board and, and put that behind him and he's at every con well I'd say every it's, it feels like he's at every convention mm -hmm. you know yeah, um, right. although he might be a bit grouchy from time to time he's always there signing stuff and chatting to people and and the Big Finish stuff as well over the years he's done some cracking stories with Big Finish so I would say that this is the most deserved um, uh, Big Finish special would you agree with that? Oh, I, I just, I'm absolutely, I'm so excited. I, can't, I, I literally can't wait to hear it. I, I think Colin is just superb on audio. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it, his tenure as the Doctor, um, there's some great stuff in there. There's some not so great stuff in there. Um, obviously, it, as we said, there's all the stuff that went on behind the scenes. Um, but, but yeah, on audio, he really does shine as the Doctor and shows, you know, just how good he is as the Doctor. Yeah. Um, and I think it's great he's getting a decent send-off. Yeah. And I just hope it doesn't mean... You, I bet you're just about to say the same thing. I hope it doesn't mean it's the the end of Colin on audio, <laughs> though. And I'm sure it doesn't because he, you know, he seems to love doing it. Um, so I don't think we've heard the last of him on audio, although this hasn't been clarified. Um, you know, and that's the good thing about Doctor Who. We can be timey wimey, can't we? He can do. He can still, even though he's recorded his last adventure as the Doctor, he can still go back and do loads more because that's what that's what we can do with Doctor Who. Exactly. So I don't think we've yeah. heard the last of him. I certainly hope not. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I, I hope this isn't his last um, outing. I don't think it will be. No, I, I wouldn't have thought so. No, I, I think there's quite a few quite a few stories left in Old Sixie. Um, <laughs> I love that, yeah. yeah. And um, so just to clarify in case, because um, any listeners are not sure on this, his very last TV appearance was The Trial of a Time Lord, is that right? Yeah, and unfortunately his last words were carrot juice, carrot juice, carrot juice. <laughs> this is the last thing he ever got to say. Right, um, which I think has has haunted him for years. Yeah, um, and then obviously, yeah, the next story, time of the Rani, um, is is Sylvester McCoy in a wig, um, oh, playing Colin. Because you've not, yeah, you haven't. Have you even have you seen that little nope. scene? Nope. So you haven't seen the start of it or anything. No. Um, yeah, I mean that's it. Colin goes into the title, the end of trial, trial of Time Lord, 
um, moaning about the fact he's got to drink carrot juice. And then, then in the next story, Time of the Rani, <clears throat> you've got Sylvester McCoy in a blonde wig, very badly fitted, by the way. Bloody hell. And um, he kind of gets turned over <laughs> and starts regenerating on the tiles floor and we don't even know why. It's all a bit strange. Right. So they kind so of I don't fudged know how it. This is, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I'd be interested to see how this leads into it because obviously they will, you know, sort of uh, slightly mar it to, move, to, to to go into this story time in the Rani, I guess. Um, although I should imagine it'll be a very tentative link. But but yeah, it'll be nice to ha- to see him actually get a proper, proper story. Yeah, because yeah, it does feel like um, it does feel disjointed when you watch the end of Trial at the beginning of Time in the Rani. Okay. We need to. Um, is that on our radar for review at some point? Um, a couple of um, couple of people, particularly the Who Addicts guys, are crying out for us to re- to review it. Um, I'm only putting it off because <laughs> I, because I I love the I love watching it, but I know it's a bad story. It's a, it's my ultimate guilty pleasure, and uh, I'm only putting off reviewing it because um, I'm going to find it hard because I'm going to have to defend it, even though I know what you're going to say about it is true. <laughs> so I'm, I'm kind of putting it off, but we will have to review it. We'll do it at um, some point, yeah, because I need yeah, to watch we, it still. I've got it downstairs with a few others, so I need to, to get on it. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of, I look forward to you seeing it because I'll, I'll be interested to see what you make of it. Um, I'm not the only fan out there that enjoys it. And that's what I would, that's what I always say when I get a stick about Time of the Rani, um, is that I don't say it's a good story. I don't say it's great. I just say I enjoy watching it. I really enjoy it. Okay. You know, but there's two you know, there's a difference. I, I can see it's all its faults and whatever, you know. But anyway, yeah, one we will we will do it. It'll be an interesting one to to chat through with you. We'll get around to it, yeah. Yeah. And uh before we move on, just want to say um uh, another thanks to the Who Addicts guys actually who um gave us some really kind uh kind words in your your latest video about the subject of a female doctor. That's right, yeah, yeah. We inspired them to do a little video this week. Yeah, and uh we feel your pain. Trust you know. Trust me. You feel uh, talking on a subject like that. It's not. Um, it's not an easy one to kind of no. get your thoughts across. So uh, that was a cracking video, though. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's good. Um, I think that's going to wrap for news, buddy. That's it. Some good stuff. Yeah. Um, shall we uh, move on to our review? Can yes. I um, before you before you give us a title? I just want to set the scene a little. All right. Away you go. <laughs> I was wondering what was coming in then. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? It's funny, actually. Um, just before, well, no, I'll talk about it when we get to it. But we were talking last week about how you say it, because I always say the demons, and I'm wrong, because the doctor clearly says it's the demons from Deimos. He does, doesn't he? Yeah, so it is the demons. It is the demons. Yeah. Cool. Yep, he says it. I rewound it three times to make sure. So it's the Damons that we're reviewing this week. Yes, I see what you mean. Never mind, we'll soon fix him. Jenkins? Yeah. Shut for the wings there. Five rounds rapid. Realize, of course, that you're a doomed man, Doctor. Oh, I'm a dead man. I knew that as soon as I came through that door, so you better watch out. You see, I've nothing to lose, have I? Enough! Hassan, destroy him! Who is this? My enemy and yours, Hassan. Destroy him! This is the one we spoke of! He, too, 
meddler and a fool. He is not a fool. Yet he has done a foolish thing coming here. Why did you come? I came to talk to you. Talk, man. First, let her go. No! Oh, doctor! I am not. You wish to talk? Yes. I want you to leave this planet while you still can. Yes. Yes. I wish you to leave this planet while you still can. (laughs) John Pertwee. Mr. Pertwee. Yes. Yeah. So this is a good one. It's funny you mentioned that the you played in the that sound effect of the the wild wind there, because um, when I when I went to film, I don't know if you remember the start of my video. I, I did a video where I went to the location. Yeah, it was um, cool. Called, yeah. called the Search for Devil's End. If you're interested in the location, check it out um, on the Geeks Handbag YouTube channel. But it's um, there's a scene at the start where I go walk up to a signpost, and the wind is. It is like just like it is all the way through the episode, and it's not dubbed on. I mean, that is that is how it was when we went there, and it's. I always find that so surreal because it's really prominent in the episode, isn't it? The windy it's village, crazy windy effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that's why I put it on there because I thought, hmm, it's really windy there. Yeah, and I, I, it, it's so loud as well. I, I, just, I was watching it yesterday. I kept thinking this this sound effect, and it obviously cuts in every time they go to a certain scene where it's obviously meant to be really windy, and it's quite jarring, isn't it? Because you'll be sort of a scene in the pub, which is really quiet and studio bound and stuff, and then we suddenly cut to this outside <laughs> shot, and the wind is, you know, it's really wild. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I so. thought um, uh, so. Before we get on, so this was back in the seventies. This was seventy one. Yeah. So, so this is real classic stuff. Five episodes. I thought this was weird, you know, five episodes. Yes, I know. Yeah. It's normally four or six, isn't it? It's normally six. Yeah. yeah and it, it, Yeah, that's right. And it sticks in my head because it's one of the things I kept getting wrong when we were filming. Um, and, and all my best takes, I realized I said uh, six episodes all the way through. I was kicking <laughs> myself when I got back. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, so, um, it's a strange that normally Pertwee's are, are – there's a lot of six-episode stories in the Pertwee era. Um but yeah, this one is five, and I don't know that I'm sure there's a reason for it, but I don't know what it is. Yeah, not sure. Kind of works though. Yeah, it does. I think, to be honest with you, I think if it had have been six, I think it would have stretched it out just a little bit too much, actually. Because although I enjoy this one very much, um, when you actually look at the sort of overall storyline, it, it you know it's um, it's not thin. But it's, you know, I, I don't think there's <laughs> enough meat in there to to stretch it out to six. Although yeah. I'm sure they could have done, if you know what I mean. Yes, I know what you mean. Yeah, so this Would've, was 1971, yeah. and it was yeah. written by... Who's this guy Leopold, then? Guy Leopold. Yeah, who's this, the writer? Barry Letts? Yes. Is it Barry Letts? Barry, Barry Letts and Robert Sloman did it together under this pseudonym. pseudonym. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I was watching the extras yesterday. I'm not being knowledgeable. I only watched it yesterday, and Barry was saying Leopold is his middle name, and I think Guy was Robert's son's name or something. So and it's okay. all to do with the writer's guild, isn't it? They couldn't couldn't put it under their name so they had to make one up yeah. and that's quite common i think back in the sort of 60s and 70s of doctor who i think we get a few instances like that it was yeah with um certainly with british television around that time mm. the writers guild it was a bit of a um bit of a legal bit of a legal thing so uh that's cool though guy leopold yeah. <laughs> guy leopold yeah which is yeah and i think Bar- barry Letts, i think come up with the initial idea for it i think he sort of come up with the concept of it um I believe. Is it that way around? Yes. Yeah, it was, yeah. 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 
And yeah. it's quite it's quite interesting. It's quite gothic. It's a very it's almost a bit hammer horror. I think this one. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I thought I thought that aspect of it was really cool. I really mm. liked the um, the kind of uh, very classic horror feel to it because it's kind of um, as it starts. It's just you see um, that this village where it's like really it's. Um, really big storm and it's lightning striking and it's lighting up the church and yeah all that stuff it does the really toad. yeah the toad yeah it does it sets a very good atmosphere it's definitely got a creepy vibe to it i love the yeah. intro actually i think yeah with all the lightning and stuff i think it's, it works for it. all the rain pouring down and stuff i think it works really well as a sort of uh sets the tone straight away doesn't it it does, yeah. You yeah. you immediately think, right? This is uh, we're in, we're in for a bit of a spooky. Well, not a spooky one, but a bit of a um, a macabre, uh, paranormal kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. it's very cool. And uh, so obviously, um, John Pertwee is the Doctor. Um, Joe Grant, Joe, who gets into a lot of trouble in this one. I love Joe Grant actually. Yeah, I, I really, I really do like her as an assistant. I think because I like her and Pertwee together. Um, I think they make a nice doctor assistant team. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Do you like Joe? Yeah, she's okay. Yeah. Yeah, certainly worse companions. I've got a feeling I've probably got a more affection for her than you. I, I get get the feeling you might find her a little bit ditzy, maybe. Um, I found her, yeah, to a degree. Um, mm. Not not as annoying as um as I expected. Um, well, I say annoying. That's not the right word. Not as um not as not as predictable as as that kind of uh yeah. you know because i i i've seen um another one of hers and she was a bit um a bit ditzy a bit bimboy but not as not as much in this one she just seemed to be um uh in trouble a few a couple of times mm. um and a little bit damsel in distress but she was yeah. all right though um, yeah see i really like joe I, I think her and i think katie manning and, and john pert we obviously got on very well in Right in real life, and I, th- I don't know. I think I always think it comes across the screen. I think they they make a, a nice pairing. I think, but uh, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, um, a brigadier is back. Yeah, and do you know what? He, I think he's really great in this. He's not actually in it as much as I thought he was. Um, but yeah. his scenes, like, there's some really nice little comical scenes between him and um, not Benton. Oh, Richard Franklin was his character, Mike Yates. There's a couple of nice little gags between the two of them where he's sort of being slightly cheeky to the brigadier and and uh, there's a nice scene where he wakes him up in the middle of the night and everything and i even though nick nick courtney isn't in it all that much i think he's great actually in this one he's really good i thought mm. i really like him in this one and I, yeah. i'm a big fan of the brigadier in general oh, i love it he's very very cool but i i agree with you in this one he's got it, it's like he's not taking this one too seriously it I, I found that in a lot of the scenes that he was in, he had like a, a, a very slight grin on his face um, a lot mm. of the time and it's kind of half smile. And yeah, it was just, um, he was just really enjoyable to watch in this one. And uh, yeah, so the big idea is back. Um, your best uh, mate, your Bezzy, John Levine. Oh, John Levine. Yeah, yep. getting getting in some karate chops and compound <laughs> fighting, isn't it? Yeah, he's he's good in it. He's awesome. I was going to yeah. say actually, with the Brigadier, I I wanted to uh, start playing a game with you, but I don't know if we can of real moustache or fake moustache. Because, oh. um, <laughs> but the problem is, I don't know which episodes are fake and real. But yeah, I because this one I thought was real. Turns out it isn't. Oh so, no, really? I know. Yeah, sorry to ruin that illusion. They were saying that in the. Um, outdoor scenes when it was a bit rough weather, um, his moustache kept falling off. 
So oh, I was a bit disappointed right. as well. I thought it was real, but yeah. I oh, think um, I think one of the real moustaches is um, Mordred Undead. Uh, I think that's a real one. Uh, okay, right. It's a lot bushier. Maybe that's how you can tell. A lot bushier. Yeah. But I think, yeah, um, I think actually the unit work really well in this story. I think that they actually work used to quite good effect because sometimes they're just kind of, they're in the story, but then, you know, they're running around, not really doing much. But I, I felt they worked quite well in this one. Yeah, I thought I thought they were quite cool. There was um, had that good mix of um, like a, a, a obviously a serious nature to it, um, mm. but there were also some um, some comical guys in there. The the electrician guy who's trying to construct and operate this very complex machine that the doctors told him to build. He hasn't got a bloody clue, <laughs> has he? he? He just doesn't know what the hell he's doing. No, and uh, the doctor's losing his rag from a little bit and trying to to get him, and then the brigadier gets on his case as well. He ends up blowing the crap out of everything, and <laughs> so, right. oh yeah, that guy when he yeah. turn, turns that last lever on and the whole <laughs> thing blows up. Yeah. Actually, apparently, um, you saying about John Pertwee blowing the fuse and stuff. Apparently, he he. He cites this as one of his favourite stories, John Pertwee, but apparently he was in a quite a bad mood a lot of the time during filming. You know the bit where he's riding around on the bike. Oh yeah, yep. yeah. Apparently he couldn't couldn't get it to start at one point, um, and they had to do take off take, and he was getting really touchy. So when he did get it to start, and they did the take, apparently he just didn't come back for about two hours. Just drove off on it to let off some steam. <laughs> and uh, Katie Manning was like, yeah, when John was in that sort of thro- throwing a hissy fit, you just let him get on with it. And I can imagine it. So every time I watch him drive off on that bike, I just think of him going off so in, he, you know, in a, an absolute stupor. So they just saw like him getting smaller and smaller yeah. off into the distance. And then like, where's our star? Yeah, Where's the right. doctor gone? Yeah, <laughs> it was on, I was watching the little making of um, yesterday, and they just said, "Yeah, he just he was in a, a bit of a tetchy mood. Um, you know, he couldn't get this bike to start. Was getting a bit fed up. Yeah, and when he finally did, they did the take, but he never came back. <laughs> Do you know what? I can so just imagine that. that. Yeah, just buggered off to the pub for yeah. a couple of hours and came back in a better mood. Why not? Yeah, that's a great pub, by the way. I bet they spent hours in there. In the it's actually called the Blue Boar, but it's called the Cloven Hoof in yes. the episode yeah. I, I, it always makes me wonder why they bother to rename things because I know they do it now uh, quite a lot but back then they didn't used to sort of bother right. you know what I mean they yeah. just sort of would always just use whatever's there uh, like road signs you know they'd never sort of try and cover them up but, but yeah they rename it in this this episode okay to the cloven hoof I can imagine that um, uh, Nick Courtney would have been in there quite a bit as well because he, oh, yes. he was renowned wasn't he for in between takes and stuff to especially lunchtime buggering off and having a couple of pints of ale i believe he liked a pint or or ten or ten um, yeah <laughs> they've actually they've still got the the, the cloven hoof sign they've actually still got it in the pub when you go in um sadly they've moved it towards the toilet the last time i went in which i was a bit disappointed about because oh. before it was quite prominent i think it was behind the bar or it was certainly by the bar but uh yeah i've been twice and the last time i went in it was sort of on the wall by the toilet and i was thinking almost wanted to take it i was thinking no this deserves pride of place i'd have it above the fireplace you know but, uh, <laughs> I would but well, yeah. yeah they've probably got new landlords or something you probably not, don't even know what it is not a who fan yeah but they've still got it anyway and it still looks cool cool with the devil's foot or whatever it is the cloven hoof yeah so before we um before we move on to the story in a bit more detail and characters and stuff mm-hmm. um the location was actually quite cool in this it had this um like i said earlier it had this very eerie small village cult feel to it 
Yeah, I think I think yeah. it's one of the things I really love about it, actually. I mean, you've got Miss Hawthorne, who's one of the villagers, and she just fits perfectly in that setting, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah. Um, and the church as well. And because it's on that sort of slight slope, it looks huge, doesn't it? I mean, do you know what I mean? It seems to be sort of almost halfway in the sky, that church. Yeah. Because it's sort yeah. of built up. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, it, I, I just think it, as a setting, it was brilliant. And it, it makes it feel quite... I don't know, something about when the Doctor goes to a village, I suppose because it feels quite contained, it also feels quite close to home because you can sort of imagine being there and, yeah, and stuff. Yeah. So I, I love the setting. It's yeah. really cool. It's um, a village called, uh, is it Oldbourne? Oldbourne in Wiltshire. Yeah. yeah, really cool place. Yeah, if you ever get a chance to go there, do it. It's a really nice little place. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. The, um, the, Sorry, go on. No, I was going to say the burrows are quite far. You could walk to them. You know the burrows that they're at the dig. Yeah, yeah. They're there, but they're they're quite far. I mean, I, we walked up to them, not realizing how far they are, and it was the worst. It was absolutely teeming down. It's a bit like the beginning of the episode, <laughs> and uh, I've never. I, my phone actually broke that day. I actually got back and went back to the pub and sat and put my phone by the fire, hoping to heat it up you know sometimes you can bring them back alive oh but, yeah uh, we got so yeah. wet that that phone never worked again but uh, yeah it's a fascinating little place just to walk around and and explore and you can still feel the sort of who history there we got chatting to a woman that remembered being a kid there when they were filming and she said she got taken out for a ride in the bessie car and all this sort of thing so oh, that's cool yeah. yeah there's still a definite sort of presence to talk to there. oh and they've got TARDIS bins. They've got a bin in the shape of a TARDIS as you drive in. There's a Dalek, a gold Dalek outside the pub. So when you go there, there's still nice little memories of, of Doctor Who. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, definitely worth a visit. And a nice pint. And a nice pint indeed. <laughs> yeah. So story-wise, mm. um, so to set the scene, this is a, um, there's a, an archaeological, there's an archaeological dig that's happening in this, uh, just outside this village, isn't there? And the locals, or some of the locals, especially um, uh, Miss Hawthorne, mm. uh, she's very much, you know, you can't go down there because um, if you do, it will it will release, um, what they're saying is it will release the, the devil, won't it? That's right, because she's um, a white witch, isn't she? She's so a white, she she's a good witch. She knows all about this. Yeah. yeah. Um, so she warns everybody and says, if you open up this, what, what I've forgotten what it is, what is it? It's a... It's not a tomb, is it? It's a, um, it's just a crypt. burial. Is it a crypt? Yeah, a burial mound thing. Um, so she says, if you go down there, open it up, then you release the devil and all bad things, blah blah blah. Um, and the locals think that she's just loopy. Um, <laughs> and then you have the unit who are watching it as well, and they think she's a bit crackers. And we got um, BBC Three there about twenty years before it actually became real. Before it became real, yeah, BBC yeah, Three. BBC so, Three. Yeah, so a fictional channel, fictional program. The BBC are making um, a. Uh, a kind of documentary thing to say, you know, at midnight they're going to open up the tomb and, and blah, blah, blah. Um, but the doctor immediately realises, doesn't he? He's like, you know, I've heard that. Is it, it's Devil's End, the name of the village in the programme, isn't it? Devil's End, yeah. Yes, yeah, so he immediately recognises the name. He knows that there is a real threat, not quite what they think it is, but he knows there's a real threat. So he hightails it down there, unit get over there, and it all just kicks off. That's right, yeah. In a nutshell. Um but the thing that I found quite interesting about this story was um, they did actually take the the kind of magical um, aspects of it pretty much throughout the entire the entire story. Because sometimes what happens is the doctor will um, the doctor will debunk, won't he? Anything to do most of the time. There are a few mm. episodes dotted around who, which are a little bit 
magical, I guess, but yeah. nine times out of the ten, anything magical, the Doctor will normally debunk it as science. Um, and while he does that, they still, especially um, Miss Hawthorne, her character, even right up until the end, she still very much believes um, in the whole kind of sorcery magical thing. Yeah, that's right. Um, sort of underlying sort of thing about is it science over sorcery, isn't it? And the Doctor's the science and Miss Hawthorne's the sorcery, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's interesting to see the Master play his role in this as well because he kind of takes on the role of... It's, you kind of realise that he's the leader of a, a, a kind of cult, isn't he, in this village? And um, it, he's almost going through the, the motions about summoning this supposed demon. Um, I, I love. I, I mean, I, I, that's one of the things I really like about us. I, I lo- he, something about Roger Delgado as a sort of satanic vicar is <laughs> just works incredibly well. I mean, everything about it from his. You know, red costume that he wears for pretty much all of it. Um, the glasses that he puts on. Uh, something about that whole, you know, the master going undercover as a new local vicar. I, I, I found really cool. I really enjoyed it. It was cool. And yeah. he does he does suit that role really well. I really he like him. He does, um, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. Delgado. Oh, he's uh, yeah, brilliant. my favourite master. Do you yeah. know the bit I love, actually, is when... Because he can normally hypnotise people, you know, no mm-hmm. problem. I love the fact, I love the bit where he tries to hypnotise Miss Hawthorne. <laughs> and she almost goes under, but then she's quite strong-willed, so she just doesn't. And she sort of almost shakes it off, and he's really, really annoyed. He's like, what? That doesn't normally happen. <laughs> I love that scene. Do you know what? She um, she didn't take any nonsense in this story. <laughs> no. That scene, actually, where she turns up to see um, the, the vicar or the master. The um, magister. The magister, yeah. His assistant... Um, he's trying to put her off. He's like, he's not here or whatever. She turns around to him, doesn't she, and says, um, you know, if you don't show me to uh, to the magister, I'm going to you know, have to use violence. <laughs> That's right. I yeah. was like, she's going to kick his ass. <laughs> and she would as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so yeah, she was quite cool. Yeah. I like her character, yeah. Yeah, she's very sort of um, upper class. No, not upper class, but she's got a very posh voice, doesn't she? And yeah. her features sort of make her look like she's a bit stuck up, but she's not. She's. I, I really like the character. Miss Hawthorne. Yeah, she reminded yeah. me of um, if you were to go to a, a cartoon artist or something and and describe a person, that's what a cartoonist would draw. She was quite, mm. she was quite not not funny looking, but she was she looked like a cartoon character to me. She was very. She's funny. got very prominent features. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. and yeah, it suits it well, and and a good match for the master and everything. Yeah, I like that. I like the fact she doesn't doesn't take any nonsense or doesn't doesn't get hypnotized yeah it's very you cool know? and i love the master's reaction as well he just can't get over it yeah you know yeah. delgado is brilliant i mean I, I i rate him as the best he was the original master and and i, I still think he's the best um I, I just love i can just just love watching him he's got a real suaveness about him and like you said him being a vicar as well because it's so juxtaposed between the master's character and a vicar i think yeah. it's brilliant yeah. it's just, just so much fun to watch it's very cool He's he's great in it, and I thought that oh, um, yeah. I thought that he would get a bit more of a um, to kind of fast forward to the end, I guess. And I, I I thought he was going to get a bit more of a a bit. I, I thought they were going to make the ending a bit more um, about him rather than just kind of walking away with unit. I thought yeah. he was either going to escape or he was going to put up a decent fight, but yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. I, I don't know whether that's just because it was the last episode in that in that series, right? Uh, that they just kind of wanted to 
tie-up that he got because he normally escapes, doesn't he? Like every time unit capture him, they normally pull a mask off, and it's not him, and he normally escapes. So whether it's just because it was the last episode of the series, um, series eight, I think, wasn't it? Something, but um, yeah. yeah, maybe they just sort of thought, well, you know, we'll leave it at that for now that he's been captured. I don't know, but I, but I know what you mean. It did feel because he get kind of does a half asked attempt to get in Bessie and escape and, <laughs> yeah. and then just gets brought back yeah because uh, Bessie's um remote control or something in this one isn't it yeah isn't it? voice activated yeah voice activated yes yeah so I yeah. thought that was a bit um a bit of a, a weak uh, ending for him I'd, I'd like to have seen him kind of evil cackle as he runs off across the field and then disappears or something or I don't know yeah no yeah. I know what you mean and I'd, I'd forgotten actually that the master the doctor don't actually get to meet till the last episode. I was always thinking there's more interaction between them. Um, no, it's the last watching, one. Yeah. Yeah. Watching it again yesterday, I was thinking, oh, like you said, a bit of a missed opportunity there. It could have been a bit more of the two of them together. And like you said, a bit more use of the master. Yeah. Because uh, Pertwee is quite famous, isn't he, for his uh, his karate or his kung fu chops. So That's he right. could have dished a few slaps out to the master and we could have had a good uh, a good fight scene there. But That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, why is the master trying to summon up the Azal, though? Because I... Oh, I know he wants all the power and everything. Uh, I think it, that's all it is, yeah. I think he and knows, And is he just going to yeah. take over the world? Because it's not that explicitly explained what... I know he wants to get all the power and everything, but... Yeah, I think the way that I that I took that was um, he sees himself as superior to, to the human race. Yeah. And uh, in an effort to try and rule them, he needs more power than what he currently has. So um, I think that's it. He just wants to take all this, or he wants to, you know... I think I'm not sure how I'm not sure why he thought that um Azal would be quite um forthcoming and just give him all his power like that. I'm not quite sure, but um I think that's just what his game. He just wanted more power to to kind of rule the the earth, I guess. And uh this alien dude was the the key. The Azal. What did you think of Azal? This sort of devil-like um cloven-hoofed, 20-foot tall devil yeah i mean i think um i think at the time you know the early 70s i think this was done pretty well yeah i the, thought so at the time i'm not gonna i'm not gonna bash it too much because what can you expect you know from 1971 on a budget like that you can't really and the face yeah. looked good didn't it i mean his features were quite horrible yeah yeah i think they did that quite well it's quite dimly lit all the time and so you couldn't really see the joints and the makeup and the mask and stuff. And mm. the guy playing him as well, I thought he did a really good, a really good voice. What was his name? Um, yeah, he has uh, got a really good sort of Stephen Thorne. Yeah, deep sort of voice. Yeah, yeah. and they've slightly echoed it as well. Yeah, it does sound good. Loads of reverb whenever he's in there mm-hmm. in that uh, crypt. Actually, that that whole scene, whenever there's um, his like booming voice and the doctors arguing back and the master, they've really ramped up the echo and the reverb and um, that's right. Adds to the effect. I thought he was quite cool. Yeah. And what did you think of Bock? I loved Bock. I did. He's just such a cool little character. He's not. Um, I'd like to see him pop up in. Well, I don't know if that's too whimsical, but I'd like to oh. see him pop up somewhere else in Who. I think he's a really cool little little character. Yeah, I do, because I, I love the fact that he's this stone gargoyle at the start and then you just see the head turn and the eyes light up. Yeah. And obviously we then get the the sort of actual animate, uh, you know, the guy in the suit. And yeah. it's funny how you're, you you know, you will excuse things. Your, your mind 
because you know like nowadays if that if they did it if it was a man in that seat you might not overlook it but yeah. something about it works you don't i mean i don't watch it and think oh that looks ridiculous just a man in a pair of you know gray tights you know come on it actually to me it works really well i love the character of bock yeah you know? and you almost cool. feel sorry for him when he's you know when he's his powers are going and he's sort of staggering around at the front of the church and they're all firing at him and you're thinking i know he's evil but you know you gotta love bock you gotta love Bok. He, he's yeah. the thing is, um, one of the things that, well, when I say I'd like to see him pop up again in another Who story, mm. one of the things that I liked about um, Bok in this story was that you don't really know too much about him. Yeah, and I think part of that is because you don't really need to. He's just a stone gargoyle who's being controlled by the master. And, and also, um, he gets sorry, go on. And I, I, after I watched it and I was thinking about Bok actually, and after seeing your picture as well. I kind of had this story in my head about him kind of being linked in with the weeping angels in some way because mm. he's made of stone and he's got powers and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like this little renegade weeping angel kind of character. I'd, I'd love to see him pop up again. I can imagine Capaldi uh, seeing Box scuttling away in front of him. Yeah, I can imagine that. Yeah, because- I was just going to say about the bit where Benton blows into smithereen to that giant bazooka and then he kind of comes back together, doesn't he? Yeah, that's. Yeah. Um, I knew that was going to happen though. Did you... Um, yeah, I yeah. think it's yeah, you can yeah, I think it's just the effect. You can sort of see it coming, but but how does he get defeated? Is it just does he just die with, when Azal blows up or whatever or forgotten now? No, it actually happens to him. No, he doesn't actually get defeated. He just turns back to stone. Oh, of course he does. Yeah, yeah and the brigadier yeah. kind of taps him on the head and Oh, that's with right. His cane, yeah, and he's uh they just kind of leave him. They don't it's really weird. They just <laughs> leave him in the graveyard like this, you know, this really powerful demon. In the grave, I guess he's a he could be called a demon. He's just um, they just a leave gargoyle. him to it. Gargoyle, yeah, they just leave him to it. Do you know what really happened to him? They 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 actually say on the on the little documentary. No, what's that? John John Pert, because the, the 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 sort of statue version of it was made of polystyrene or something, um, and yeah. uh, John Pert, we took him home and put him in his garden. Oh, cool! But he, apparently, because of what he was made of, he actually didn't last very long. Oh, so he, yeah, he did eventually. Uh, cease to live but uh but yeah I, I love the thought of john pertwee just picking him up at the end of filming <laughs> right off we go you yeah because apparently john pertwee was quite light-fingered he used to love taking little props and things home i uh, do you know what i somebody else said that as well it's on the sea devil's commentary i think he he took yes. something from a boat and then they asked for it back and he had to sheepishly admit to taking it but i yeah. can't remember what it was he's yeah. a cheeky chat wasn't he, he he liked to tickle didn't he he did. He did. Yeah. How did uh, talking to Mister Pertwee? What What did you think of the Doctor in this one? Yeah, let's move on to. Um, I, I think um, the more I watch of Pertwee, the more I the, I think he's just so good. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got this very cool. Um, he's got this very cool demeanor about him as the Doctor. Um, yeah. I'm not sure if it's because at the time when he's filming some of these, he's just he's just really in the zone, or if he's you know just. I, I, well, put it this way, I don't really, apart from the five Doctors, I haven't really seen him play the Doctor, you know, part, you know, in a terrible way. He's always been on form to me. Yeah. And um, and I say the five Doctors, he was quite cool in that, but he was just a bit, I don't know, he was just a bit slow in that one. But He wasn't quite as in character as, no. uh, as perhaps he is in, in, you know, in his actual tenure. Yeah, but I think um, yeah, for the most part, I really like Pertwee, and I think um, I think this is this isn't up there with some of his best, but it's not far off, and I, and I think he does a good job. Um, I think he does a good job putting up with some of the 
some of the more lesser um, serious scenes as well. Because if you the scenes where he's um, there, there are two scenes that, that spring to mind where I thought that you know some other actors would really struggle to make you know make this a serious scene with what's going on. And the first one was uh, what we spoke about earlier with the the unit guy really struggling with his device that he's concocted. Yeah. You know, that was quite comical and he's trying to be really serious and, you know, that was, you know, that was a bit of a lighthearted thing. And the second one was where just a bunch of random villagers decide to do a maypole thing and these... Evil Morris men. The Morris dancers, yeah. They, uh, mm. you know, if you were in the middle of that and that was going on, you'd probably feel like a bit of a burk, um, <laughs> you know, but he, he manages to just maintain like a very, a very serious... Uh, tone throughout the whole thing so um you know I, I think he's really good as the doctor i wouldn't say he's um he's the best out of the classic bunch for me but he he's very much up there i, I really enjoy him he's really cool yeah. what do you think no no i agree with you definitely and actually i was just thinking about that that lovely scene with the <laughs> with the crazy morris men because you're right actually how he does take it seriously because um miss hawthorne comes out and calls him a funny name she says he's the the wizard the quai no what is it quai quon quid or something quai quon Quite quite quad, and he Something, you can yeah. sort of see that he's almost. I mean, it must have been funny to film, quite because yeah. he said, "Yes, I'm the quite quad," you know. And but he does sell it, you know. It could have been, it could have been sort of, um, uh, sort of hammed up a lot more. But he does play it serious, doesn't he? He does. He does make it, the yeah. scene work. Yeah, definitely. He's I, I like Pertwee a lot. I think he's he's a great doctor. And it occurred to me yesterday how he um, he's just very much his own doctor. He has, doesn't try and emulate any of. You know, the, you know, Troughton or Hartley doesn't try to be the same, you know, any of their traits. He, he just is his own doctor, and he's very flamboyant. Um, very often sort of enters the room as if he's in charge, and I like that. Absolutely, um, yeah. Yeah, I, no, yeah. like like we're a lot. Got yeah. a lot of time for his doctor. Yeah, I thought that as well. It's, um, he's, to me, he's very much um, a James Bond type of figure. Oh, he loves his action, doesn't he? I mean, yeah. he loves his bike chases and the hovercraft chases and the helicopters and but you know that's all very much of the Pertwee era and, and John Pertwee clearly loves doing all that doesn't he? He does yeah and like you say he doesn't emulate that kind of crazy wacky Troutony thing he's got a very um a very not not too serious but he's got a very suave kind of action guy type of thing going on and which is quite hard for him to pull off I would have thought because he was getting on a little bit at that point and, you know, he had the white hair and stuff. So he wasn't your typical mm. kind of Sean Connery, you know, secret agent -y type of thing. And I'm not suggesting he was trying to be too much like that. But he did have a very kind of... He, d he was very good with the old... With the chops and the, he could handle himself. And it was, yeah, like you say, it was quite action-orientated, the, the Pertwee era. And, uh, yeah, I thought he was really cool. Yeah, and I think he used to apparently love doing a lot of his own sort of stunts and action sequences. Like the, you know, he loved gadgets and and the, like the things of hovercraft. He'd always want to drive it, you know, himself, and very often would be stopped. And I think he somewhere along the line he hurt his back, and it kind of, you know, in his later years as the doctor, kind of um, impacted on him not being able to do as much as he sort of really wanted to. All oh, right, but, okay. uh, but you could see that he used to, you know, he, he used to always want to be in the thick of it, if you like, um, John Pertwee. Yeah, no, I like him a lot. Very and there's cool. not many people could carry off that look either. Do you know what I mean? He's got the frilly shirts, the velvet jackets, the cloak, the cravat. Do you know what I mean? He but he he does pull it off. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't look stupid. He's he's got a real class about him. Not yeah. not not everyone yeah. could pull that look off. No, well they they reference that, don't they? When he first walks mm. into the pub to ask for directions, someone oh, says, yeah. you know, why are you in costume? 
sort of thing, and he gives them a real dirty look. Oh, like, they say something about well, and that ridiculous wig, and he goes, "What?" Yeah, yeah. And I love that line. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. That's, that's one of the things I liked about this episode, uh, this uh, story. Sorry, um, just these little comical moments and mm. these these little humorous things. I think that's. Um, I think that's a real testament to the writing on this one where it didn't take itself too seriously with the exception of the scenes where you're in the crypt and the master's doing his thing. They were quite serious, yeah. but the, everything else that was happening in the village and some of the unit characters and stuff like that, it was even Miss Hawthorne, her character, she was quite humorous with how she delivered a lot of her lines and, um, and just some of the little things that you didn't really pick up on at first. I mean, I now we're talking about it. I remember, um, uh, Benton and uh, he's having a ruck with somebody in the pub and she smashes this guy around the head she's got a big crystal ball in her handbag oh, yeah. <laughs> she smashes a guy and he's like bruised up and battered and she's just like what well, do you want a cup of tea yes, and he's right, like yes. you know and he's like there's stuff going on out there I can't be having tea and it's just so well written those little scenes and those little interactions with people that you know you, they don't really focus too much on uh, the doctor and Joe having all the good lines and, you know, being a focus. I think the supporting cast and uh, how it was written was superb in this one. Oh, definitely, yeah. Yeah, I, I suppose Barry Letts probably had a hand in that because he knew the characters so well. He probably added in those little lines. And actually, one of the things that they, they say about the ending as well, and I don't know if this would happen now, but um, Mike Yates um, said, you know, the little scene with the brigadier at the end where he says, do you fancy a dance? And the brigadier says, "I'd rather have a pint." Oh yeah, you know yeah. that like that nice little line at the end. And apparently, they they ambled that on the day. They spoke to the director Christopher Barry, who, by the way, I meant to say, I think does a great job on this. Uh, yeah, all credit yeah. to Christopher Barry on the direction. But yeah, apparently, they went to him at the end and said, "Oh, we haven't really got. We're kind of just standing here. We could could we just have a little sort of send off line?" And they, and, you know, he said, "Yeah, sure." So they just sort of filmed that on the hop, uh, and it's such a lovely little. You know, it just sort of sets off the end of the episode nicely, doesn't it? It's really cool, yeah. And yeah. Um, you mentioned Christopher Barry, the director. He was, um, mm. he's actually said that this is the favourite, um, his favourite Doctor Who that he's done. Yeah, uh, based purely on the purely on the script. He loved the script so much. So uh, I can totally totally see that. It's a really good, really good, uh, well written story. And just to sort of just to, as we're sort of talking about the end, obviously the Azal character sort of blows up at the end and the whole church oh, yeah. blows up doesn't it and i that's the only bit that kind of is a little bit weak for me because he does it because joe grant sort of goes to sacrifice him, herself for the doctor isn't it and he's like um oh does not compute and then he just explodes and the whole oh, church yeah. explodes yeah. doesn't it and i was yeah. thinking oh that was it's a little bit easy it's a little bit sort of uh wrap the episode up that but it's one of one of the very few sort of minor niggles I have really with the episode. Yeah, that that was the only that was for me as well. The 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 masters, um, how he was apprehended at the end. Oh yeah, and um, yeah, how they blew everything up. That that was a little bit kind of, um, but you never know. Maybe that was a budget thing or a time thing. I'm not sure, but. Um, Apparently the BBC did get a lot of complaints um, from people thinking they'd actually blown the church up. Because <laughs> I suppose if you Come imagine on. people watching... No, they did. If you imagine people watching it on their old little television sets back in 1971, it probably looked a lot lot better. <laughs> but no, apparently they did. They got they got quite a few complaints after it aired saying, how dare you destroy a church for the sake of a television program? I mean, the fact that that lovely panning shot of the village at the end is clearly filmed from the church tower, isn't it? I mean, come on. Of course, yeah, unless yeah, it was a helicopter yeah. job. It's a but, bit, yeah. yeah. Actually, that helicopter that blows up, I read as well, is, um, you know, the helicopter blows up. Apparently, that's uh, that's actually from Russia with Love. 
there's a little uh, unused outtake that they let me have. Oh, what the actual that that little bit of film of oh, the helicopter okay, right. logo. Yeah, oh, okay. There's all these little things again. It wouldn't happen now, would it? They wouldn't sort of go up to Skyfall and say, "Oh, lend us that bit of film of the <laughs> of the speedboat blowing up," would you? Yeah, you know, just this is, yeah. This is one of the wonderful things about sort of how things were made back in the day. It just seems a lot more easygoing, doesn't it? Indeed, yeah. Yeah, and um, yeah, the um, the the brigadier, the whole unit and brigadier thing. Um, I thought they had some really good stuff to do in this story. Yeah, I love it when they're all coming together at the end and mm. it's quite a lot of action sequences as well. Yeah. really sort of brings the episode up a bit, I think. Yeah. Indeedy. Yeah. So overall, very good. So, um, rightio, let's do review stuff. Let's score it. Let's score this, baby. Um, you can go first this week, mate. Ooh, well, I, I really enjoy it. It's, it's always a story I've really, really liked. Um, I know sometimes people say it's a bit overrated and... To an extent, I can see that because of the sort of actual storyline. But I love it. I really enjoyed it. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Ah, another snap week. Is it really? I, I had yeah. a feeling you might go 7.5. No, no. 8 out of 10, I'm glad. Yeah, 8 out of 10. I think, um, bar a couple of the little little things like a, a the bit at the end and um, a, a couple of little bits here and there, I didn't really find anything too major to... Uh, to to pull this up on i thought it was just a really enjoyable really enjoyable classic who really liked yeah, it. yeah i think that's it it's just yeah it's just an enjoyable watch isn't it yeah and Definitely. there are there are a couple of things like um the uh the the costume for azal um although his face was was well done mm. um there's a bit where you're kind of looking through his legs Oh, I know exactly the bit you mean. And it's got like tights on, and you, can, you know. they're all they're all scrumped up at the bottom, aren't they? Yeah, you can see that. Yeah, it's a bit Hilda Ogden. Yeah, so um, they know some of those little bits could have been they could have, yeah. you know, they could have got the detail guys on there a little bit more, and um, yeah. But overall, you know, I can't really pick anything too major with it. It was I really really liked watching it, and it was um, I think I've said this before about classic who's they're they're normally drawn out around on average around six episodes, aren't they? Yes, so, normally you put it, yeah. Yeah, so although this one was five, um, I think you mentioned it earlier on, actually, that they could have, if they would have done six for this, it would have drawn it out just too long. So I actually really liked the fact that they did five episodes on this. I think it fit, I think it was a better fit for this particular story. So that was another thing as well. I didn't, you know, go into the sixth episode and was like, oh, come mm. on, you can get you can get through this, we can do it, which I've had on a few uh, classic who's but um no this one was a good fit for me and uh yeah it was good yeah it definitely enjoyed it so what did our listeners think of this one then is it a mixed bag um so we've got was, quite a lot of comments on this and the, yeah. some of the comments were really detailed as well weren't they yeah uh, i think good. it was generally positive um let's uh let's jump on facebook first um uh dr hoof uh four fans by fans uh, chat with wing a lot of people did say this quote actually it's, it's obviously oh, it's quite a, a popular famous quote yeah. yeah chat with wings five rounds rapid yeah um he says the demons uh, the demons what an awesome story what feels like a hammer horror story and is possibly a precursor uh the gothic hinchcliffe era of the show um uh, the late and very great christopher barry directed it perfectly uh, i'm not going to go on it's quite detailed um it ends series eight really well um, as always played by Stephen Thorne who returned yeah 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 um, yeah so he basically is a unit technician called Sergeant Osgood who wore black rimmed glasses it was never stated 
um, if scientific advisor Osgood, as seen as in The Day of the Doctor and Death in Heaven, was a nod to this character. Yeah, I, I had never noticed that before until I read this comment. And yeah, he's right. One of the soldiers is called Osgood, and he's got these black ring glasses. That so could have been a nice little nod to him. Yeah, thank um, you for that, mate. It, yep. if, it, if it's not, it's a, it's a nice coincidence. Yeah. Um, I had uh, Ben Morris. He says uh, he can see why this is Pertwee's favourite story. Uh, it shows the unit family at their best with wonderful chemistry throughout. Um, he loves Bessie being forced through the heat barrier and, of course, the famous line, chat with wings there, five rounds rapid. Um, <laughs> who could hate Bok? Exactly. Bok's brilliant. Overall, a true gem. And my third favourite story of all time for Ben Morris. Okay. Wow. So that's, that's very high on his list. Yeah. Cheers, Ben. Cheers. Thanks, Ben. Um, those cheeky, cheeky chaps from Who Addicts Reviews. Ah, those guys. Hi, guys. Yeah. Hello. Uh, they say, I've only watched your story. Actually, it's Matt from Who Addicts. Um, he says, I've only watched your story once, and it was quite a while. Um, but what I remember, he really enjoyed it. Uh, loves a supernatural, magical feel to it. The master was great. And um, uh, after we mentioned it on the last podcast, podcast sorry, um, it's kind of prompted him to give it a rewatch, which you should do at some point. Yeah, definitely. Oh, it's, I think it's um, it's definitely one you can rewatch. I think there's a lot in there to enjoy. Yeah. Um, Mark Keane, he says, I was there when this was filmed. Wow. Um, I was very young and at St. Michael's School in Oldbourne, Devil's End in brackets. I remember the hoo-ha around Dot 2 being filmed in the village. Well, I bet it was great to be there, actually. I think clearly those people at the end, I assume, are villagers playing extras i would imagine or yeah. a lot of them yeah it seems these like that end shot a lot of the there's a lot of people there i guess they just said to everybody come on out you know so yeah i bet it was fun i would um i would always call it devil's end from that point on though yes yeah that, I, I would that's yeah. the only thing yeah it's cool though uh kai McNamee, uh a truly classic poetry story uh, prime example what i love about doctor who deals with mythology giving interesting and alien explanation all the regular cast are on top form including roger delgado and stephen thorns as is ominous great story eight out of ten. Oh, he agrees with us mm -hmm. excellent eight out of ten um our lovely friend helen jones hi helen hi helen she says, the Damons is just superb. The story, the performances, the setting in beautiful Wiltshire. The master unit, Bessie, and again, chat with wings, five rounds rapid. Bock and the show, Bock and the show, Steeler himself. So yeah, Helen absolutely loves it. She says, this is a story I would suggest to anyone wanting to see the third Doctor's era at its very best. Yeah. And she just says, loves it. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Going to give you three quick ones here. Um, Jace Howells, um, I'll have to rewatch um and give you my opinions uh james wilson oh yes one of my favorites cheryl stevens uh scared me when i was young but we still brilliant yes it is a scary one i've i've got quite a few here so i'll rattle a few a couple um very quickly uh mark fit definitely one of the best with good use of the unit team yeah i think they work well Harry Westergaard, he says, great story. John Pertwee, Roger Delgado are on top form. The side characters are interesting as well. Azal and Bok make great monsters. Yes, they do. Alex Pinfold, he says, love this story. One of the first Doc 2s I ever watched, as it was one of the 1990s repeats, so I'm a bit sentimental about it. Great stuff. Stuart Stockwood, even though I've not seen all of this story thus far, what I have seen is a good story. The master is brilliant as usual. He's given it... 6.5 out of 10. Okay. Richard Doogie. Uh, sounds like um, Stuart hadn't watched it all, by the way, uh, but he probably has now. Richard Doogie, he says this was his first Pertwee episode, and he really enjoyed it. Haven't always been a fan of Unit in the new Who, 
but enjoyed their involvement in this story. Uh, he also likes Bok, and he says uh, there's a vague resemblance between Bok and the Weeping Angel. Hmm, something you picked up on, Gary. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he says uh, he would give it an 8 out of 10. So he agrees with us as well. Uh, I've got a couple more here. Do you have a couple? Uh, I've got a few more, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, over yeah. to you. Um, Jeff Waddle. Uh, uh, hi, Jeff. Hi, Jeff. He says, not a fan of the Pertwee era by any means, uh, which is strange because that's the earliest I can remember, but I blooming love this and is easily yeah. in my top 10 of who. Wow. Very Excellent. positive one there. Yeah. Um, Matt Thomas, um, he actually he did a really long one, so I, I really appreciate your... Uh, your uh, time to put this really long comment, Matt. I'm not going to read the whole thing, um, but you can nip over to the Facebook page if you want to read the whole thing. Um, did a um, did a review on this a while back. Iconic story that sums up why Delgado is my favourite incarnation of the Master. Mm. Um, Azar was great. Um, the wind sound in the background really created a chilling atmosphere. <laughs> yeah. Um, we know exactly what you mean, Matt. Yes, we do. Um, <laughs> Um, unit was absolutely superb five rounds rapid great quote there uh, bent and shined in this one and when I met John at Cardiff Comic Con I said I was a huge fan of the story and he said how much he loved filming this one because he didn't get to wear uh, the unit uniform because it sometimes was a bit itchy and irritating when he was filming um, overall fantastic story one of Pertwee's finest 8 out of 10 another 8 out of 10 these are all on the same page here mostly yeah so I've got a couple of quick ones here just to round off um, before I come back to you. Uh, Ryan Anthony says, I think it's a great story. It got better and progressed each part. John Pertwee and Roger Delgado are both excellent in this and it's undeniably a classic. Helen Martin simply says it's one of her favourites. And finally, on my Facebook page is Robert Lifgoe, who I think um, we did enjoy Robert's no-nonsense comment last week, or was it the week before? But uh, this week he says, it's good, nothing majorly wrong with it, but I don't see why it's so highly rated, plus the ending is a bit of a letdown. I'd say 7 out of 10. Okay, not bad still. Not too, not, but not too bad, yeah, not quite as harsh as... Was it Paradise Towers that he absolutely obliterated? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so he enjoyed this one more, which is always good to know. Oh, okay. Um, just to finish up on over on Twitter um, Claire whose Twitter name is NerdOwl42 oh hi Claire Uh, she's put Benton uh, chat with wings there five rounds rapid Um, (laughs) really like this one thank you Claire and we also had a tweet from uh, Andy Frankamallon Oh, hi, Andy. Yeah, uh, you might recognise that name. He's the uh, the author of the uh, the first series of the new Lethbridge Stewart novels. Yes, uh, he's of those. Yes, he's now a friend of the Big Blue Box podcast. Welcome aboard, Andy. Um, he says overrated story, but still very good. I think it echoes the Forgotten Son a lot unintentionally. Yes, and the Forgotten Son is the is the first book in the new Lethbridge Stewart range, I believe. So indeed, yes, that'll be interested to see what he means. Indeedy. Mm. So, so lots of great comments there and thanks thanks to everyone because like you said some of them were quite quite lengthy weren't they um and it's uh, it's really great that you take the time to do it so thanks to everyone who who pitched in indeed it doesn't um yeah sometimes uh it's uh it's a lot of I don't, it sounds weird but it can be a lot of effort sometimes to jump on facebook or twitter and start typing away especially when you're busy at the time or whatever so uh we really appreciate you guys um taking the time out to do that it's very cool Absolutely. Yeah. 
So that's going to be going to call time on episode 28. Yeah. Another awesome story that we reviewed there. And the news was quite interesting as well. Yeah, a lot going on this week. Indeedy. Yeah. And uh, Mr. Eccleston, like I said before, you know, let's try and pick up the uh, pick up the smiles a little bit for the Who fans. Let's be friends. Let's all be friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm just going to give my, my video another shameless plug. If you do like the location of the story and you want to see me going around all the locations, uh, do search out Search for the Devil's End on Geek's Handbag YouTube because I'm, I'm really proud of that video. I had such a good day there. So, yeah, give that a watch as well. Do you know what? I think that was the first video of yours that I watched. Oh, is it? I think so, yeah. I really liked oh. it. Awesome video. Yeah, I loved going there as, as it shows in the video. Yeah. I'll, um, great fun yeah we'll pop a note uh, a link to that video um, and also check out all your other videos really cool oh yes do <laughs> <laughs> not just that one check yeah while well, you're there <laughs> just, watch, just watch all 71 <laughs> <laughs> Gary yes do you fancy a fertility dance um, go on then <laughs> <laughs> that's what they say it is it's weird yeah, yeah. that's your fertility dance game or, or should we go for a pint instead um, second option yeah yeah cool as always you can find us on Facebook and Twitter just leap over to um, twitter.com uh, forward slash big blue box pcast or facebook.com forward slash big blue box podcast or just head over to the website bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk and there's links to everything on there um, what are we doing next week buddy Ah, I've caught question. you on the hop again. You have, haven't you? It's, <laughs> I believe it's the Unquiet Dead, isn't it? Uh, yes, I think so. Yes, I haven't got the <laughs> schedule in front of me. Uh, I believe it's the Unquiet Dead listeners, so give us your thoughts on that. Yes. If it's not the Unquiet Dead, we'll have to do it now anyway. If it's not, we'll do it anyway, yeah. <laughs> so jump on and give us your thoughts. Until next time, I'm Gary. And I'm Adam. And Alonzi! Alonzi!